Hello and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. My name is Marley Silva and as always, I am joined by my two slightly hungover co-hosts, G and Keely. And today we are coming to you from G's house in Richmond, Victoria. Um, Well, thanks for joining us on our eighth episode can you believe we're this far thanks for having me i was talking to the audience not you you muppet (laughs) oh my goodness um also also, it's gonna be one of those days yeah (laughs) welcome to our live audience yes Yes. we do have a live audience um we have g sister meg here uh observing she's a loyal listener she even did a very good impression of me doing the intro before we came on mic meg can say hi yeah say hi meg Hello, listeners. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, uh, why are we in Melbourne, Keely? Uh, We're in Melbourne because we came for the... And Cammy Deb has just dialed into the podcast. A regular on the show. You're on a record. What's happening? We're recording, you idiot. It's going to be another chaotic one if you guys remember the one after. Right now. Long weekend. Hi, everybody. How are you? It's Dev. Dev, I'm going to have to call you after. (laughs) No. What do you I mean, think the no? Podcast, <laughs> <laughs> podcast is not getting put on hold. You look cool, Bart. Bye. Okay. <laughs> um, my week was uh, pretty busy, just busy with work, but it was good. Good week as always. Um, I've got a few things to talk about before we start, as always. First of all, we're in Melbourne because. <laughs> We're in Melbourne because uh, we came down for the Anzac Day match, Storm vs Warriors, uh, which is also the like we spoke about last week, the trophy that is dedicated to G Moore's father, Michael Moore. Um, it was super great. Storm do it so well. Uh, the, the pre-game stuff was was hectic, um, and yeah, it was a really good game of footy. Obviously, we love that the Storm won. Um, my other thing that was actually on our way to Melbourne. Um, I just wanted to just add in was uh, really proud of you, Miles. Um, you know when you're landing and the <laughs> captain says, "Captain, prepare for landing." Um, Marley kind of looked at me. She looked really green, and then she <laughs> grabbed the vomit bag, and I was like, "Oh, oh, this is where this is heading. What's wrong?" She's like, "I have a really bad headache," and I'm like, "It's the hangover." <laughs> anyway, Marley vomited as we're landing, which was embarrassing but fun. Shout out to you, Marley. And why were you hungover, Miles? I'll tell you why. I've never been more proud to have a hangover because my doggies got up. First win of the doggies season. Doggies, bro. It gets the sharkies. Oh. Yeah, what a night. Had to celebrate. Had to have a big Always. One. Reckon it's a good chance it's the only game we're going to win this season. So but, yeah, we had, go to, hard to go home. we had to celebrate. Yeah, Go hard or go home. Shout out to Trent Barrett. Yeah, what a guy. What the a emotion. The videos. The song. <laughs> Did you say what a deal? Oh, come on then. Grow up. Oh, that could have been a segment. <laughs> Dilfs. Dilfs. <laughs> no, inappropriate. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, the, watching the video of them singing the team song made me very happy. And on, in all seriousness. Don't think Josh Jackson has yelled that much in a long time. Yeah. No, in all seriousness, like the raw emotion of Trent Barrett at the like final hooter and like tears in his eyes and everything. It's just like it's your heart, man. Oh man, so much pressure. Like I was just real happy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How was your week, G? <laughs> My week was good. I um 
can't really remember what I got up to, not heaps, until Thursday the fam came down, which was lovely. Uh, a big week at work. Shout out to my mate Billy, loyal listener of the show. He wants the record to show that he listened to six episodes straight in one day, one time. Wow. To catch up, which is impressive because we only have eight. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that, yeah. though. Uh, but Chicks is his uh, gym listening. Oh. And he comes via my desk on his way to get a cup of tea multiple times a day oh. and tells me about all the new things he's learning, which is great. We love it. Shout out, Billy. I know I'm going to hear about this forever. And apologies to everyone else in the office who is also going to hear about this forever. <laughs> oh, that's actually really nice, though. What a supportive work colleague. He's great. Love that. But we better get into MVP smiles. You're the real MVP. And this brings us to MVPs, a segment where each of us awards someone or something, our personal MVP, for bringing us a bit of joy this week. Kiels, want to kick us off? Who's your MVP? My MVPs uh, were... Oh, oh, plural. Yes, MVPs, mm-hmm. like last week, uh, were the ball kids of Melbourne Storm. They're great. Uh, watching them when you're a bit distracted from the actual game on the sideline, they're just... They're really good. That's pretty much, yeah. And I'm going to take full credit. Yeah, that's yes. Guess, yeah, okay. So Georgia has to coordinate the ball kids. Uh, so she's on the field trying to um, look after all the little rascals. Um, but but we know that Tyler and Jake Slater, they kill it, man. They're the best. They do. They're well drilled. Had to. Live up to Actually, the Actually, just quickly as well. Post-game, Jake Slater. This oh. is like an extra MVP point. Comes in. Holding cash money in his hand. Killer. And he's like, guys, I just got money, a hundred bucks of Cameron Munster and Harry Grant. And everyone's like, what happened? Uh, I They bet me that if I couldn't kick the ball into the bin. Left foot. Left foot, um, 50 bucks. And, well, he slotted it right in. <laughs> yep. And Harry Grant's dad also gave him five, five bucks. bucks so yeah. he made $105. It's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. For a little kid, that's like a million bucks. Yeah. He – um. Also had a very sportive dad on the weekend because he booted a ball into the ceiling of the storm dressing rooms and got sat down. Got baby got put in the corner by mum, <laughs> and then dad came over, and mum explains what <laughs> happens. And he goes, "Oh, but dad, it was pretty impressive drop kick, eh?" And Bill couldn't help himself. He's like, "Oh yeah, nice one." <laughs> <laughs> Typical dads just undermining yeah. the authority. Love that good pa- good cop bad cop vibes. Yeah. Gee, who's your MVP? My MVP of the week is five-year-old Josh Swain from the States. This is a great story. If you have not seen this, we'll tag it somewhere because it's so cool. It's very cool. Uh, Once upon a time, way back in April 2020, Josh Swain created a Facebook messenger group with other people sharing his exact name and challenged them to a fight with a year to prepare. And this has happened a bit with people of the same first and last name in various messenger groups. Uh, but they did. They met up in the States at a location called the legendary Josh Battlefield. <laughs> and uh, five-year-old Josh Swain came out victorious. Shit You Should Care About did a great wrap-up of the story. They fought to the death with our pool noodles, for the record. And not only is their post great and Josh being crowned with his Burger King crown, beautiful, but some of the comments are brilliant too. I knew Josh would win. 
being one of them <laughs> and you're joshing me being another great one uh so yeah josh swain I one like of it. the many my mvp of the week i'm so glad they stuck to it like so many of those things come up and it's like oh yeah like it's funny but they actually a did whole it. year later too brilliant amazing hope no one had covid well, um, it is America, okay. so we can't be hey, sure. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's America. Scary. One way to be negative hey, Nelly. Hey, like little kids are, are sweet with it about saying he was the winner, so he's fine. Your MVP, Molly? My MVP, uh, and if you guys follow us on Instagram, you would have seen our repost of this very beautiful letter from an eight-year-old Brie Davey who was the co-winner of the Best and Fairest at the AFLW Awards this year. Uh, She had written to the CEO of AFL at that time when she was eight years old uh, with her persuasive text she was uh, told to do at school, telling him why he needs to include women in the AFL. And, you know, what, a little over ten years later, she's crowned one of the best players in the AFLW, which is such an incredible league. And it was just so beautiful to have a dream from that age and see it come to fruition in that way is really, really special. And that's why she was my MVP. Made me feel warm inside. And extra cool that like, obviously, you know, kids being like, I want to be an astronaut. And then growing up and becoming an astronaut. But when she wrote that letter, AFLW didn't exist. Like, yeah, it wasn't so even cool. a concept. Yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't even on the cards. And Forward then, thinking, right? You know, we love Forward it. thinking. Touchdown! And now we come to a segment that we call Around the Grounds, where we dive into a couple of the headlines from sports media that we saw throughout the week that we just can't get off our uh, we can't get off of our minds. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm sorry. We're here. First headline. Well, it's actually more about an event that happened over the weekend that had a lot of coverage for a lot of different reasons. The most recent UFC um, fight night happened in the States and there was a few pretty crazy things that came out of it. The first one that drew our attention, well, Keely actually drew our attention. Do you want to tell us about that? Uh, yeah, the crazy leg snap. Oh, <laughs> so intense. So describe to us when you first watched it because someone put it on their Instagram oh, story who was watching yeah, UFC. I. Well, I wasn't expecting that because it's really rare to see that. I mean, there's like a bit of a sweet spot over that bone. If you hit it in the right angle, there goes your leg. But it was a straight compound fracture. Like it ripped the skin. This is aggressive. Mid-shin for anyone who hasn't seen the yeah, footage. Yeah, you should. I mean, if you don't like gory stuff, don't watch it. I wouldn't recommend it. If you're it. interested, <laughs> definitely watch it. Yeah. Um, but I think it was more the fact for me, I thought it was going to be the guy um, who was being kicked. But it was, but it was the, the kicker. Yeah. So his name is Chris uh, Weedman and he they've described it as like snapping his leg in half just 17 seconds into the fight. Yeah, that's crazy. And we were just looking before. There was footage post-match of his opponent like just really distraught. distraught. Because if you watch the slow-mo, he hits it, snaps. And then he steps back. He goes, goes to step, to step back, back, on, back on the shock. And like, I oh, think and I, his leg is not there to step back yeah, on the shock. I think it just reiterated for me how intense and oh, what's the right word? Messy and scary that brutal yeah br- just, that's the yeah, word i'm looking for yeah. brutal how brutal ufc is yeah appreciate the athletes because they're incredible but i'm just like oh this is scary <laughs> yeah i and i think that um it's why that sort of stuff just goes so viral but a, a fact that we actually learned later on was that um 
the guy who's like broke, he was actually the opponent of another UFC fighter a few years ago when another very similar video went viral. I think his last name's De Silva, the other UFC fighter. I can't remember. Sorry, I haven't looked this up. But he did that same compound fracture of that shin bone against him. Oh, what? Yeah. 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 Oh, so that's he had his happened. kick again. Oh, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Freaky. But even in the comments from the opponent, I know that he was saying um, he'll learn to kick lower now. Like he'll just have – like he'll learn from this. He was like it's just one of those oh. really – Horrible things. Ugh. Kick lower or kick higher, but not on the, over that part of your shin. <laughs> Away from that gruesomeness, though, some of my favourite coverage that came out of this fight night was actually like in a lot of, you know, my friends on Instagram or other people I follow on Instagram who are big UFC fans. Because admittedly, like, if, you know, of the kind of combat sports, I'm very much a boxing yeah, fan. Yeah, I'm, not really, boxing, UFC, I'm not really I'm not into, into UFC, it. but yeah, have respect for the athletes, but a few of my friends who are into it and we all saw the same on our own feeds. The thing that I loved was how much love and respect, particularly from like male fans that were giving it to the two um, winners of the female fights um, that happened, especially for the fight featuring Rose Namajunas. I'm sorry if I say that last name wrong, beat her opponent and it's the second time in her career that she's she's won that and had the belt and it was like just such a powerful, uh, beautiful moment and a lot of people were sharing the video of her uh, post-match. You saw that video, Jean. Do you want to describe what we saw? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, MC, I suppose, of the night, Joe Rogan, was asking her about um, a little moment that she'd had with her team uh, earlier about them being like, who's the best? She was like, I'm the best. And then he asked her about this and she was like really emotional. Fair enough. She just won the belt for the second time. And she was like, well, I am the best. And she is the best. It was just so cool seeing her like, you know, being able to pump herself up and her team also like getting around that and just being able to obviously acknowledge how hard she's worked to get there. Okay, yeah. I guess that's the whole tall poppy syndrome thing that we come back yeah. to all the time in Australia. Like, she is. Yeah. And she's proved it twice now. And yeah. I just think it's so cool to see her being like, yeah, look at me. And especially like what we were just talking about, how brutal the sport is, how much pressure you put your body under. I think that's why a lot of um, the male f- fans and like friends that we have that watch it appreciate them because mm-hmm. they, they know how brutal it is and they're watching um, the males go at it and then the females go at it. And I know that a lot of – a lot of my mates who who watch it are kind of like, well, she definitely beat me, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to appreciate her being so good at it. It's actually really interesting. It reminds me uh, a couple of weeks ago when I met with Den and Kemp. We were talking <laughs> a lot about – Name drop. No, but remember when I met with him and we were talking about all kinds of different like coverage and, and specifically you know, the fact that we want to talk about uh, women's sport on the same yeah, yeah, playing yeah. level as, as men's. Um, and he was saying that – in his opinion, the UFC is one of the best to do it yeah. in terms of the equal coverage and the respect, like we're talking about, of the female athletes. And then it translates into the the way that the fans react. And I think that, um, you know, you can – there's a lot of people who have kind of strong opinions about UFC and be like, oh, it's so barbaric and I don't want to support it or whatever. But you have to, you know, credit where credit is due. Um, the They're women, doing The it. women are – doing it well. I'd be interested to know about the, the winning money, though, if it's yeah. equal. Yeah. But also, I was just, as you were saying that, thinking it's a bit of a like chicken and egg situation. Like, what comes first if you promote it equally and give it equal coverage? Does that encourage fans to get involved, or does the 
fan involvement need to come first. Therefore, the sport has no choice but to give it mm. that coverage. Yeah. And I'd be sort of interested to look back and see when the women's game started mm. to lift. But, yeah, I really can't recall seeing a big fight night where when both male and females are fighting on the same night, they're not equally promoted or covered or mm. shared around the socials. Yeah. Like, I think they do. And I, yeah, I wonder if this is like a, a Dana White decision, like as the, the guy who's the big league in charge of UFC, these big fight nights and stuff. Is mm. that a is that a him leadership choice or him listening to the fans because often when we talk about how other sports are and and where they could be a bit better I think it is that that's even like one of the core questions of you know who's going to take the first step Mm. um is it going to be leadership and I think because so often leadership goes oh the fans don't want it yeah you know like and often those first steps need to be taken with the acknowledgement that there could be a loss here Mm. like sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and do it not thinking about the revenue or the things that are going to come and just give it that bit of time that it needs, Mm. which I think is for sure what the AFL did. They funded the AFLW knowing that they would be doing it at a loss to start off and now it's really come into its own league. So, yeah, I suppose it's just about those people in in power being willing to take maybe a backward step financially to eventually move forward. Yeah, definitely. So the next story on our minds is about Aussie cricketer Andrew Tai, who this week returned home uh, from India, deciding to pull out of the IPL um, cricket competition over there. That's just the Indian Premier Premier League. League, Yes. Sorry, acronyms. No, I'm just confirming. Yeah, yeah. So he's decided to come home because if you're unaware, but it has been pretty well covered over the news, India is having the worst COVID crisis since it all started. And um, there's a lot of people dying in the streets and like out the front of hospitals because they're so overflowing and it's really terrible in that way. Um, But also because he has commented that he has a a bit of fatigue from being in that bubble and being so restricted around um, what you can and can't do as a lot of athletes have experienced in the last 12 months. Um, It's a really interesting one because it raises a few questions. There was a bit of criticism that was given to um, Ty on coming back. People saying that can't he just suck it up because it's something like an eight-week competition. Um, People also referring to the fact that these players get paid a lot of money to be a part of it and he's sacrificed that to come home um but it also begs the question like is sport the thing that's most important when it comes to a a global pandemic which we've talked about a a few times already but yeah how do you guys feel about this particular story well doesn't it just show that it's obviously a good decision for him on an individual level to come home considering he's sacrificing that amount of money despite the eight-week thing um i think that when we've spoken about it before we have touched a lot on the mental health of players and that that needs to be really important. Um, He obviously personally needed to come home, which I think if that's the right decision for him, who am am I to say, no, that's not the right thing. Uh, I guess it's different when you're in your home nation as well. Maybe if it was in Australia, different story because he's in his home country. Um, He's with his um, teammates here. I don't know, but – I mean, isn't it crazy? We're just – Australia's just on top of it and New Zealand. Just, yeah. yeah, I think um, a couple of things. A, there was similar criticism when uh, 
multi-premiership winner Basha Hooley from the Richmond Tigers made the decision not to go up to the Queensland hub. Mm. When the AFL relocated up there in the beginning, he had a newborn um, and for some religious reasons as well. And there was huge criticism around the fact that everyone else is doing it and other people with families and kids are doing it. And I just think that that's so much pressure for an individual to take on for, and we've talked about this as well, their job at the end of Mm, the day. Like I hardly think that people would have the same expectations on an accountant or a journalist. Like it's a really different, I think a lot of people struggle to remove the sport. And obviously it is a different job. We're not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, these players have personal lives and personal struggles and stories and families they need to look after. But the other thing I think is so important to note is that I find it even personally quite a hard concept to grasp about how confronting and overwhelming that must be. Yeah, I think that's most what I was going to say too. Are based in Australia and, yeah. you know, I was in Victoria by myself during the lockdown and that was a really overwhelming time and very hard and I'm talking, you know, 700 cases a day at the peak. India is having over a million cases every four days got over 17 million active cases right now. So this is a level of the pandemic and a level of death and a level of loss and a level of restriction and overwhelmed hospitals and an underwhelmed city in a way that we haven't seen or experienced. And it's one thing to see it on the news, but it's another, like it must be another thing to be living there. And I think whether you're in a bubble and being protected in some beautiful hotel, you're still in that city. Like this is still your real life experience. And I think the guilt, the guilt in that must be insane. I think that a really good segue here is a quote that he actually gave. Hey, Cooper. Cooper Johns just walked in and we have to shout him out because he's just brought us chocolate. Oh, what a man. Welcome home, what a Cooper man. Johns. She goes, they're recording the podcast. He goes, screw them. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Cooper Johns. <gasps> You got crispy M and M's. Good to be back. Uh, the girls had me out doing a couple of errands. Got some top deck, top deck dairy milk, some crispy M and M's for the girls. So uh, they're, <gasps> a bit hungover. they're a bit hungover. They need a bit of food. So here they go. Oh, oh we love it, man. Thank you, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah, yeah delayed MVP, late entry. <laughs> he also had a great win over the weekend. Shout oh. out Cooper and the Sunshine Coast Falcons. Oh, he's the man. It's your world. We're just living in it. Yeah. All right, after that nice little segue, I'm going to go back to this quote that Andrew Ty actually gave um, when talking about him coming back, which I think it goes to the point of like what it's like to experience what's happening in India right now. He said, you can look at it from different points of view and an Indian point of view is how are these companies and franchises spending so much money on the game and able to spend so much money on the IPL when there's people not being able to be accepted into hospital that's the scary thing yeah that is scary and that good point by him yeah I think that's like good wrap up I I think the guilt element of it is one that would be so difficult and you're yeah exactly you get this criticism for being like oh you can't just suck it up for eight weeks to get you and then you look out the street and there's people dying exactly yeah yeah, so from this conversation, I think it's really easy to draw comparisons around whether going to Tokyo in, an, what, a couple of months now for the Olympics, when Tokyo has just been uh, put in under a state of emergency again, like literally within the last yeah, week, sure. and they're in a point of crisis too. It's 
is it worth it? Because at the beginning of this year, I was like, hell yes, I cannot wait for the Olympics. I, I'm dying for it. Like, I think the world needs this morale boost and this kind of sense of unity that we always get at the Olympics. But now I'm like, I don't think it's fair. I do not think, I think if I was a Japanese res- resident, I'd be like, oi, you dickheads in government. I don't want it. Yeah. Absolutely. Someone and help us. Yeah. I think we had a conversation really early on in the podcast about how as Australians when we went into lockdown and they took sport away for those few weeks, we really struggled and then it was just this gift back into our community about conversations we could have that weren't pandemic related on the weekends and all of these things. So it's that really hard toss up between sport is such a unifying thing, especially the Olympics on a global scale where it really does bring the world together and we get to celebrate and see all these amazing athletes and para-athletes and all of the above versus people are literally dying on the street. Can these funds be reallocated? Can we take a step back and look at the bigger picture here? It's a real pros versus cons in it gives something for everyone to be hopeful about versus we're not there yet and we need more help first. Yeah, I um I actually didn't realise that Tokyo and Japan Oh, it's just, just Tokyo. Tokyo and I think another city, it might have been a cycle. Like, you know, state emergency. Oh, I so I, that wouldn't have crossed my mind otherwise. So, yeah, I agree with G. I just think this is there's so many pros and cons. Um, also, and I think a lot of people liked would probably look at the Olympics of this is a really positive thing. We're moving in the right direction and it, it would probably uplift a lot of places. But in saying that, we can't just overshadow all these, like, you know, these poor people who are still sick and, and who are unfortunately dying. Yeah, and I think another point is the fact that we're putting our own athletes at risk. Yeah, like, you're do right. Do you want to put them at risk? And then there's all these questions of when they come back. There, I know the Olympic Committee was trying to organise an entire facility for them to quarantine there where they can still interact with each other, which I don't think is a good idea when they come back from Japan. So they mm. were thinking of doing it like a, yeah, a whole hotel like a hub, a hub situation. situation but again I, I don't know like yeah not a health expert, right? Right? but I don't think that's a good idea yeah. and then uh, is it worth the risk no I don't think it is like yeah yeah and and I just think for me I really have had my perception change on that and my opinion and I'm kind of like not into it I feel like it's almost uh it was because oh sorry I think it became more realistic to us because we have a one of my best friends uh, is actually coming home in the next month from London. Mm. She's been a paramedic. Shout out to Rihanna. We love you. Um, but she's been a paramedic over there for nearly three years now, about three years. Um, and over the last 10 months, 12 months, the things that she's told us and the things that she's had to see, uh, I, I didn't realise it was that bad at the, at the start until she kind of started sharing with us. And then her time in working in ICU over Christmas time, that was horrific. And I think um, – yeah, we're very lucky and I think I'm, I feel very grateful that we live in Australia and New Zealand has been killing it and we have this nice little down under um, kind of bubble going on. But I think, yeah, in regards to this big stuff, it's scary. Mm. And then a, a positive note to end this one on is actually another headline that we saw um, come about yesterday on Sunday, yeah. Anzac Day, the classic uh, AFL Anzac clash uh, where Collingwood comes up against Essendon. Had a crowd of 78,000 fans at the G and it's the biggest crowd that the world's seen at an event since COVID hit. So we are in such a good place and That's the positive. so lucky. On a national level, it's amazing. It's just when you think internationally. 
It's sad. Bring the Olympics to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> We've like, got oh, the facilities. Yeah. So we can do it. But then again, do we want all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, no, no, no. I take back. Take back. And our final story in this Around the Grounds is a bit of a fun one. So ABC Sport posed this very interesting question. I want to know what your guys' answers are. What is the best sports-related song in your opinion? And I love the integration of like – music and sport and like all of that can we stuff get a quick it. definition like sport what do you guys reckon do, do there have to be like songs about sport or songs like you want to sing in celebration or yeah i think that like, it's th- like when you listen to this song you automatically think of sport yes and it associates with sport okay you've i've already got one okay and you've got one too georgia <laughs> I, i'm gonna one? go last because i'm, I'm not this, 100% this sure. was just the one that came to my head first yep and obviously excited already for people to DM us and message us yes. with lots of well, other Well, this fun is why songs. I wanted to bring this up as well because the chat about the sports movies was a yeah. big one yeah. and sports songs, important. Uh, so mine is Gonna Fly Now, which is the theme from Rocky. Oh, yeah. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Yeah, see? Let's do that. I want to shout out. Boost. Run up the stairs. Nice. G? I have two. Yeah. Because I really yeah. couldn't separate and I've been thinking about this all week. Oh, good. Oh, oh, I'm good. I'm good. And do you know what? I've actually gone back and been listening to these songs nice. all week. I'm glad. Um, first, Holy Grail by Hunters and Gatherers. Hunters and Collectors. Not Hunters and Gatherers. Hunters so and Gatherers. <laughs> um, I just instantly relate this to NRL few storm memes yeah. to it nice such a, i just love it such a banger. boy's going to war yeah <laughs> so intense um but my second one is leaps and bounds by paul kelly also known as the mcg song oh. which is just I'm you know living in a melbourneian you would i'll play it for you um i can see the mcg from my house and i just like the start of what it a vibe man. it's like looking over the hill at the mcg oh such a good song. that's pretty good That's pretty good. I mean, who doesn't love Paul Kelly, right? Chills. Uh, I love it. It 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 sounds like this kind of track you hear at like the end credits of a really good like you want to cry movie. yeah, yeah. And you're, oh and God. i just love paul kelly yeah i love and paul i just kelly. love the g uh, okay <laughs> i've never been to the g oh molly i know right we need to um, remedy what's that. yours miles i was gonna say who let the dogs out i'm not gonna say that because i feel it's like not the greatest it's sports not. and you're not you're not allowed to say we're the champions either i wasn't gonna say that i'm just saying i was actually thinking of like the expo- experience of like being in a stadium and what's like a, such a great mm. song Sweet Caroline. Oh, uh, yeah. Like bah, it, uh, bah, bah. Yeah. It is so good. And like, it's a crowd favourite. Especially, like, obviously not a Cronulla supporter, but Shark Park, growing up in Cronulla, you go and you stand on Beer Hill, right? Do you and drink like, beers on Beer Hill? I've had beers thrown on me on Beer Hill. Oh. Um, I don't drink beer, though. Yeah, when Sweet Caroline comes on at halftime and everyone sings, it goes, bah, bah, bah. Well, I already did that. You know? Yeah, no, but it's so good. That's like... <laughs> That's one of my faves, I have to say. So, um, I'm going to throw oh. it to the live audience. Live audience. You got any? You weren't listening, mate. Oh, come Cooper. on, mate. I was, was going to say 
She's Koopma. Yeah, she doesn't have to speak through the mic. Koopma's going to have a good one because he's such a music man. Yeah. And he'll have one that none of us have thought of. Or no. I feel like I have We have a question question for the live audience. Uh, What is your favourite go-to sports-related song? Okay. Uh, This one, you probably won't know it. Oh, Uh, what'd they say? (laughs) This is called, it's called Zinedad Zidane. Do you know who Zinedad Zidane is? So he's like an old soccer player. Yeah. He's play uh, in the English Premier League. Uh, Keely, stop filming me. And, um, and yeah, it's uh, just about him. And it just basically the whole song is him naming, um, like they name soccer players in it. And Can you spell I'm it? I'm not a big uh, soccer fan, but I like the song because my father showed me the song. And um, you're a product of your own environment. So that's uh, thanks, Dad. Shout out to Matty Johns. <laughs> Two shows on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Meg, do you have one? Uh, yeah, I was going to say Simply the Best, Tina Turner. Oh, yes. Like it's just a classic, you know. Yeah, it makes, good. Me, think makes me think of the old school um, rugby league. Yeah, exactly. Intro. Yeah, the ads. Of course, this is his favourite sports related It's so song. weird, man. <laughs> Kootma, left to field as always. Good one. And this brings us to our final segment of the show, something we called Ones to Watch, where we recommend some things you should be looking out for for the week ahead. Kiels, I'm very excited about your One to Watch. Thanks so much. I mean, more well, not, yeah, okay. <laughs> My One to Watch um, starting this week on the 1st of May is the Suncorp Super Netball. Yeah, you. Very excited. Um, so the competition starts this week. Shout out to JLP. Go Jamie Lee. Yeah, Friend the, of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, and also just fun in general because today it was confirmed that the Netball World Cup is coming to Sydney in 2027. Ooh, ooh, you. Ooh, ooh. Netball all over. Yeah. We love it. Check it out, guys. Get around it. Georgia. My one to watch is actually one to listen to. And it is Dylan Friends, the podcast. A lot of Melburnians will be familiar with this one. Dylan Buckley is a former AFL player. Oh, he I know this for podcast. GWS um, and Carlton. And he just has a really cool podcast where he chats to heaps of different people, lots of sporting stars, former athletes, current athletes. Um, very casual conversations. He's really interesting. He's a great interviewer and they're just some really good shows. Yeah, too. I've heard great things. And scroll back through the archives. There's some really good ones. Love that. I love when you can like go and listen to them yeah. at any time. Great. When you find a new podcast or like a show or something and it's already got heaps of episodes. Yeah. So you can, yeah. So you can binge. You can binge. I'm Dylan that. Friends. My one to watch is something that will be kicking off today when we release the episode uh, Thursday, the 29th of April in the States. It is the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, I know a lot of, a lot of people I know are like heaps more into it and have like draft parties and, um, you know, which is super real, fun and really like know, you know, who the rookies you should be looking out for, who's going to be the number one draft, all that kind of stuff. I just, for me, my favorite thing about the draft is the videos of the people with their families getting the phone call and when it's so emotional, if they're not actually in the space. I wonder if they will all be socially distanced this year. Because you know sometimes yeah. they, they do the physical the, event. Um, WNBA, they were all sort of yeah. at home and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it will probably be like that as well. So it goes mm. for like, um, yeah, it starts on Thursday, finishes on 
Sunday. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. I can't wait to see those kind of real life-changing moments for a lot of those young men who get their first crack in the NFL. It's just the spectacle of the whole thing, hey. The leagues that are that big, and we go back to it all the time, yeah. American sports, they just do it well. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yep. yep. Love it. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chicks and Balls. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod. Subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now. That would be really helpful. Yeah, feedback. Let us know. What is your favourite sports-related song? What have we forgotten? We surely have forgotten some really big ones. After the movie. Oh, we know. We know. (laughs) We'll apologise now. (laughs) Yeah, I apologise in advance. Um, Thanks for the support. We're loving hanging out with you guys and it's just going to get better from here. Catch you next time. See ya. Do-do-do-do-do. Ooh. She in time? Woo!